This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the uh, Chinese and Russian leaders have described uh, the three-day visit to, to Russia by the Chinese Premier Xi Jinping um, as an opportunity to deepen their no-limits friendship. China looks to Russia as a source of oil and gas for its energy-hungry economy and as a partner in standing up to what both see as U.S. aggression, domination of global affairs, and unfair punishment for what the U.S. says is a human rights record. Uh, Mr. Xi's trip also serves as a show of support for President Vladimir Putin, who has become increasingly isolated internationally. And, and of course, this uh, visit comes just days after the International Criminal Court issued a warrant of arrest for Mr. Putin's arrest uh, on war crimes charges. Let's speak to a senior fellow at the Taihe um, Institute and chairman of Asia Narrative, Saina Tangan, joining us on the line from Beijing. Good morning to you and thank you so much for talking to us. Well, good morning. Nice to chat to you. Yeah. So how significant is this visit? I mean, uh, uh, I was just reading yesterday about the, the fact that uh, uh, Xi Jinping and uh, Vladimir Putin have m- met each other more than they've met any other world leaders. Yeah, they've met nine times over the course of uh, you know their their long tenures together. Remember uh, the first meeting that uh, Xi Jinping did was ex- almost exactly 10 years ago uh, when he first came into power. Uh, it was his first state visit. This is just a repeat of that, but it comes at a very important time. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, uh, all the talk is about war, more bombs, more money into Ukraine. Uh, pity they couldn't have done the same efforts when it came to the pandemic, but such as it is, um, China's trying to talk peace. Uh, they're concerned that the trajectory of this thing could lead to a nuclear catastrophe, and uh, they want to avoid that. So they're trying to give uh, Putin a sense that he is not isolated. You don't want to isolate somebody who has that kind of nuclear power at his uh, disposal. Uh, and they're trying to figure out a way that they can appeal to Europe and also to Ukraine to stop the mayhem. Hmm. Now, there is also the, the sense, uh, I mean, uh, certainly the fears out of, uh, and all the talk out of the U.S. was that uh, China could possibly be considering arming uh, Ukraine or supporting uh, Ukraine with arms. Yet I see that the pushback is that, or at least uh, the counter is that, no, that would only be financial aid to help the the Russian economy. But uh, that could also, I mean, what's to stop that money if going to arms? I mean, wh- what credibility is there to the possibility of China supporting the war effort? Well, they're, they're not giving cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's your, your question. I mean, mm. uh, they're talking about projects and power um, and, and trade and an economy. Uh, you can always say that um, uh, money from uh, you know anything that Russia does could be used for war, uh, but right now the the biggest supporter of war is the United States and and Europe. Mm. Uh, that that's where it is. You can you can look at this uh, war in a couple different aspects. China sees it as something that was preventable. If NATO does not push into this area, uh, there is not a war. Um, and you know obviously China was never happy about the fact that uh, Russia. Uh, went into Ukraine, because frankly, 
the number one principle they have is non-interference in the internal affairs of countries, including mm-hmm. uh, taking land. So right now, the question is, do you, you know, throw more gasoline on the fire? Or do you try to find a way in which uh, it's acceptable to have out? But right now, clearly, the U.S. is trying to uh, downplay this. They keep calling uh, Russia a, a, a junior partner. It's all nonsense. This is just uh, concerns by the U.S. that a combined Russia and China would be a serious threat to U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what are the, where is this relationship going? Because I, um, as I mentioned, I get that there is a very strong um, personal bond between uh, Mr. Xi and Mr. Putin. Um, but in terms of uh, the, the, the strengthening here of ties, where is this likely uh, to go? Uh, or what is the grand plan here? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. If, if you start looking back to, uh, you know, when uh, 2001, there was a speech by Putin where he spoke in front of the German Bundestag. And he, he did so in German. He talked about looking forward to his European home, which clearly indicated that uh, Russians saw themselves as European. But over the course of years and seven years later, um, he gave a speech uh, at the Munich Security Conference where he said that uh, Russia had been humiliated and cheated and that he was uh, now opposed to the world order that was uh, going, was preventing Russia from rising. So you saw a, a marked difference there. Ever since that time, Russia has been very leery of the Western or the U.S.-led international order. Uh, China is not the same, though. China is dedicated to the world order because that is how it has risen. Mm. It wants trade. It wants very stable things. So it's they're not exactly on the same page, but the U.S. has pushed Russia closer to China by isolating it. And as a result, um, they're, they are going to have to get along uh, simply because they, they ha- don't really have any other choices. They're neighbors, and they're both powers in their own right. Mm. And what about the war itself? I mean, uh, Vladimir Putin has spoken in the last few days about, uh, in that, you know, I think at that first meeting with uh, Mr. Xi, about uh, being open to uh, negotiations. I mean, uh, but in reality, though, as what are the prospects of uh, uh, any type of negotiations getting underway on this side? It seems to me that both sides have come too far to negotiate. And if such negotiations were to happen, uh, what, are such, what, are, what would be the possibilities of China being a broker in such? Okay, so China, first off, is not a traditional broker. It doesn't come in with its agenda. It's not like the United States where it says, this is what we want and you have to do this. Mm. China is merely trying to set the table by which these two parties meet and ultimately figure how, how they do this. Now, now you, you can say that you know prospects aren't good because of the territorial disputes involved. But in the end, this has to be decided by diplomacy. I mean, the, the military... Um, option is not there. Let's mm. say that Russia was uh, able to defeat Ukraine. Well, they would have an entrenched populace who was against them uh, and would probably be you know, very difficult for the Russians to control. It would take a lot of resources. They would be open to daily criticisms from the West. Mm. If Ukraine were to defeat Russia, the Russia has a possible nuclear option that could you know, literally destroy the world. So this idea that this is going to be settled militarily is nonsense. It has to be settled at the diplomatic table, and you have to start somewhere. So you know, there's got to you, you start with these parties talking to each other. They can mm-hmm. lay out their lines, etc., but they have to get closer together rather than further apart. And remember, while all this is happening, people are dying on yeah. both sides. Mm-hmm.
You mentioned, I mean, you, you mentioned that the fact that uh, uh, Chinese interests are primarily are about a stable uh, world where they can uh, trade freely. You know, they are, of course, desperate to get the economy back on the uh, onto its feet after that the zero uh, COVID policy wreaked so much havoc um, with, the, with the Chinese economy. Um, is there a threat that, uh, um, w- you know, with this... Um, this um, uh, the, the tightening here of ties with uh, Russia that uh, China could find themselves, uh, you know, um, alienating or at least isolating themselves or alienating themselves or from uh, the United States and Europe. Well, I, I think the alienation from the United States and Europe is quite apparent, especially the U.S. The U.S. is uh, on a daily basis uh, blacklisting Chinese individuals and companies, uh, denying access to technology. Um, you know, and in, you know, in the Congress, they're openly saying that China is an enemy. So I, I don't know how much worse it can get. Uh, in terms of how the world is dividing, if you look carefully, the BRICS and the developing world mm. is not interested in taking sides mm. on this. So this idea that it's China alone, South Africa, India, Brazil, they're, they're, they all feel the same way. This is not our fight. Why is it when there's a fight in your homeland? Mm. Uh, that's not that important. The mm. world doesn't have to take sides. Mm. But when it happens in the backyards of Europeans, when it was preventable, all of a sudden the demand is you either knuckle into what we believe is right or you're the enemy. Mm. So, I mean, this is not just a threat to China. Uh, China is the biggest uh, you know, <laughs> obstacle out there. But if I assure you, if the U.S. were able to cow China, uh, South Africa, India and Brazil would be next. Right. And just uh, finally, now that you've touched on the, the, the BRICS there, we do have this, I mentioned in my introduction that, of course, this ICC warrant of arrest. Uh, um, what are the, now, what, what do you think is happening here? We're getting reports here that we're going to have a parliamentary delegation that's going to go to Russia to meet with uh, uh, President Putin. I wonder whether the idea would be to convince him not to come. What, what do you see happening in as far as that's concerned? Do you think Vladimir Putin uh, would actually now be emboldened and want to travel to South Africa come uh, just to test this uh, um, ICC warrant? Well, well, first off, there's a number of issues here. Uh, the ICC is not recognized by China, mm. Russia, or the United States. Mm. So the United States saying that Russia is a criminal is kind of odd, given that uh, the ICC exactly. wants to get at a lot of, of uh, Americans for their criminal behavior in Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. So there's a lot of hypocrisy there. I don't think Putin is interested in testing this. There, there is no authority of this group. It was purely grandstanding. Hmm. Um, you know, if I'm not part of a group, I'm, I'm not subject to it. Uh, and also within the ICC, there's a prohibition about uh, naming the leaders of countries while they are actually leading the country from being indicted. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, at this juncture, it's just just nonsense. Aina Tangan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Anytime. He is uh, the fa- uh, senior fellow at the Thai Institute and chairman of the Asia Narratives. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.